Well, good Sunday morning to everybody. I want to say thank you so much for joining us on our podcast uh, this morning as we continue with our sermon series, What is Going On in There? I just want to uh, remind you that if you happen to miss any of the messages in this series or just want to browse uh, previous sermon series we've gone through, you can find those on iTunes and podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, just search for Westlake Baptist Church and you'll be able to find it uh, right there. But as we turn our attention to our study this morning, I want to encourage you to grab your Bibles and let's go to Matthew chapter 26, uh, excuse me, Matthew 6 this morning. Yo, this morning, we're going to look at something that I can guarantee you has gone up over the last four to six weeks in your life and in my life. Something that, according to a 2017 Gallup poll, eight out of 10 Americans said this was affecting their life in a negative way. Certainly as adults, but also it was the top related health concern amongst ninth to 12th graders. It's the idea and the issue of stress and worry. Your psychologists say that unless we find ways to manage our stress in a healthy way, it's going to result in a decreased health and life expectancy here in America. You know, out of all the things that are stressing us out, um, here are the top four specific issue stressors in America. Um, as revealed in a survey, the political climate, climate change, health care, and coming in number four are mass shootings. I think that's the one that probably surprises me the most, but it's an issue that appeared in 62 of respondents' answers. Also on that list, and I'm sure it's really starting to go up uh, right now, are things like the economy, work, and certainly health-related issues. We're a stressed-out nation, and it's showing on our bottom line and in our waistlines. So what do we do about it? How would the Bible encourage us to handle the stress that we are feeling, not just during the COVID-19 pandemic, but you know, really any time of life? Well, the one big thing this morning is that when Jesus saves us by his grace, he gives us new ambitions. So let's look at it. Matthew chapter 6, beginning of verse 24. It says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. And Lord, just the opportunity to study your word. And Lord, I pray for those who are going to be listening to this podcast, uh, that you would draw our hearts to you. Lord, help us to honor you in all that we do. Help us to seek you first and to live for you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, the one big thing is that when Jesus saves us by his grace, he gives us new ambitions. Here are some things that are are true about stress and worry. What we worry about is what's important to us. It's what Jesus gets at in verse uh, 21. You know, the context of our verse, uh, verses start back in chapter 6, verse 19. It goes all the way to the end of this chapter. And Jesus' main point is that a relationship with him will give us new ambitions. Now, the order of verse 21 is very important because... Jesus says that what we treasure reveals where our heart is. Our heart follows our treasure, not the other way around. And so really Jesus is calling us to examine what we value in this life and to allow that to inform us of where our heart is. Because as he says in verse 24, you can't serve two masters. You can't be living for God on one day and shack it up with the devil all the rest of the days. So whatever we are being stressed out or or worried about, that's revealing what is truly important to us. The second thing that we see in the text is that we tend to stress and to worry about temporary things. Do you remember that list of top concerns I read off in, in the opening of this message? In case you don't, they were the economy, work, the political climate, health-related concerns, you know, mass shootings. Now, here's the amazing thing in our text that we read in Matthew 6. Jesus addresses basically every one of those. Verse 25 is one of 365 times that the Bible tells us not to be worried or be afraid about something. Now, do you really believe that that number is there on accident? I don't. I think God put it there for a reason. The point of the last part of verse 25 is there's more to life than the temporary concerns of food, clothing, and shelter. After all, why should we worry about tomorrow when we don't even know if we're going to have a tomorrow? That's not meant to be morbid or or to scare anybody. It's, It's just a reality. You know, James 4 reminds us that our life is like a vapor, that it's it's temporary. It appears for a little bit, but then it vanishes away. You know, the, the best illustration of that is you get up and you see fog in the morning. 
you know, and maybe it makes a trip to work a little more difficult, but it doesn't take too long for that fog to get burned off by, by the sun. And you don't even remember, man, it was really foggy this morning. You know, that's a perfect illustration of what our life is really like. You know, stress and worry, it robs us of our quality of life. Jesus in his sermon about being the good shepherd in John 10, he says that the thief, that's a reference to Satan, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, what are two ways that he tries to do that in our lives? The two most common thieves that steal our joy are this, the regrets of yesterday and the worries about tomorrow. Have you fallen victim to either of those thieves recently? Have you thought about, man, I wish I would have done this? Or have you been worried and consumed, well, what if this happens tomorrow? So this Jesus asks a very important question. He says, which of you can add height to your stature or minutes to your life by worrying? And of course the answer is, Neither of these things are going to happen. The only thing that these thieves do is they add weight and they lessen the quality of our life. Stress weakens our immune system, which makes us more susceptible to illnesses, which affects our quality of life. So what I want us to see here is the effect that sin has on us, not just mentally and emotionally, but also physically. And understand and ask yourself, is what you're stressed over worth being robbed of the joy and the quality of life that God is giving you? Jesus also said that stress and worry reveals a void in our faith. In verse 30, Jesus says that stressing, worrying over things is really a sign of our lack of faith in him. He says God knows what we need. God has promised to meet our needs. He has proven himself faithful time and time again to provide for our needs. So this is Jesus' way of getting us to ask the question, why am I stressing over things that I can't change or, or things that God has already promised to provide for me? You know, so much of this the depression and the anxiety that the previous two messages are fitting right into this. But Jesus actually takes it a step further in verse 30 here when he equates a Christian who is stressing and worrying over things as living like they're actually lost. Now, Jesus isn't saying if you're stressed out and worried about stuff that you're not saved. Rather, what he is saying is, When you and I are giving in to stress and worry over things, we're living like a lost person. I mean, if if we trust Jesus to meet our eternal need, our greatest need of being saved from our sin, do we really believe that he won't also meet our temporary needs? So really, this is a call by Jesus for us to pray and to trust. In fact, a simple thing to do is 
when you find yourself starting to get worried or stressed out about something, use it as a prayer prompt. Acknowledge the, the stress and the worry, but ask God to give you peace and faith not to worry and stress over it. Ask Him for uh, the help to trust that He is going to meet the need, that He is going to change the situation, or maybe He's not going to change the situation, but maybe He's going to change you. And so ask for faith to trust in His plan and His purpose and His process. Imagine how much stronger our prayer times could be if we spent time praying over what we're stressing over. Which, this is all going to lead us into how can we handle the stress and worry in our life in a way that glorifies God and strengthens our faith. That's really what we're asking and what we're desiring. Well, we're going to begin by saying we need to learn to trust God. Now, I know that sounds really simplistic, but it's because it is. What we pray about is what we trust God for. What we're stressing and worrying over is what we are trusting ourselves to figure out. So I just want you to do a mental exercise real quick. Think back over this last week. Would it reveal a stronger faith and trust in God or a stronger faith and trust in yourself? Now, I'm not asking that to condemn anybody. Listen, we all stress out. We all worry over things. And as Christians, we know that we shouldn't. We know everything that's already been said here. So the goal is to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal where our heart is right now. Again, go back to verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are we valuing in life right now? You know, there are some simple things that you can do, even during this period of social distancing, to allow God to strengthen your faith and trust in Him. One thing is physical activity. Now, you don't need a membership uh, to a gym. You could use your body weight, do push-ups or, or sit-ups, stretching. Pay attention to your body and, and remember that your body was created by God uniquely and that he put it together in such a way that it would work just right. You know, take a walk outside. Take time to look at the grass and the flowers and the sky. Listen to the birds. I mean, all of the earth declares the glory of God, Psalm 19 says. It, it reveals the majesty of who God is. Remind yourself of Jesus' words, that if God cares enough about his creation to provide for it, then certainly he's going to provide for us as well. You know, another great thing to do is turn on some worship music and sing along. Now, listen, don't get caught up if you can sing or not. The Bible says make a joyful noise, but music is a great way to remind yourself of who God is and what he's done for you already. Another way to manage stress and to build faith and trust is spend some time with family and friends. Now again, I got it. It's a little bit harder right now because we're trying to be uh, responsible and socially distanced. 
but we all can avail ourselves of the technology available. You've got Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, Google Meet, uh, or Google Hangouts. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can do a video call and see them or just pick up the phone and call them. And being able to spend time with friends and family can remind you you're not alone during this time of isolation. Allow them, allow the blessing of God for family and friends and a church body to remind you that God is with you. Finally, I would say a great way to strengthen faith and trust in God is praying and meditating on Scripture. Think back on what you read in the Bible today. Go through it word for word. Allow it to show you who God is and and ask questions. Lord, how are you calling me to live this out today? You know, being still to pray and to meditate on Scripture is a great way of lowering your stress level while at the same time reminding you of God's faithfulness, His presence, and His power. Which leads me to the last point of this morning's message. Seek His kingdom. Let me ask you again, who are you living for? Whose kingdom are you busy building right now? See, we're either living living for ourselves and we're building our own uh, little temporary kingdom that one day is going to end, or we're living for Jesus and we're seeking to help build his kingdom, which is eternal. And he says it is so big and so powerful that not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. Where are we investing our time? How are we using the resources that God's given us? That's going to reveal to you whose kingdom you're living for and whose kingdom you're seeking to build. Yeah, I think one of the lessons that God is trying to teach us through COVID-19 is that we have spent far too much time and energy investing in our own little kingdoms. We're so busy thinking about all the things that we can't do right now that we want to do that we don't realize what God is trying to do. Let me put it maybe a little more blunt. Now, not to be offensive, but maybe make all of this, myself certainly included, think a little bit more. If we were truly living and seeking God's kingdom above all else, then very little would have changed in our lives. Now, why do I say that? Because if we're living for Jesus and his kingdom, if we're trusting in him, then we would remember that even though I can't go to work right now, doesn't mean that God's not going to continue to provide for my needs. It just means he's going to provide for me in a different way. If my life was about living out the Great Commission, you know, uh, being a disciple who makes disciples, how I make disciples has changed for a little bit. You know, my core group, uh, we're meeting via Google Meet right now, all right, instead of being in person. It's definitely changed, but I still see opportunities to share the gospel and teach others uh, about Jesus. You, you think about social media. You know, 
people are on it more now because they're they're home more. What if instead of posting, you know, what we ate last night or just kind of browsing through, you know, everything people are or doing, or, or complaining about, or, or whatever. What if we posted Bible verses? What if we wrote out prayers? What if we shared what God was saying to us in our Bible reading? What if we offered to be on social media for 30 minutes to an hour on a day, and just say, hey, if I can pray for you, let me know. How would it change? Who could we reach? This is what's been running through my mind for the last month or so. God is lovingly and graciously pointing out the idols in our lives. Of education, of money, of sports, of entertainment. Now, we need education. All those things are good. All right, We need education. It's a good thing. But I wonder if we made it more than it really is. Because in spite of having the brightest minds in the world and most advanced medicine... Over 100,000 people have still died from COVID-19. People have been and will continue to die from other things, even when COVID-19 is, is over with. You know, medicine focuses on giving people quantity of life. Yet I wonder if we have sacrificed the quality of life. We're so busy trying to keep people from dying that we haven't taught them how to live with confidence and hope and expectation that something greater is coming if they're saved. You know, people are working crazy hours to keep what they have, when if we're honest, most of what we have, we don't really need. Now, I'm not saying that this applies to everybody. There are certainly people who are working just to get by, and they have got just a basic bare-bones necessities. But you know, it's a reminder that God is going to provide for us. I don't need all of these things. He never said it was going to be easy. He only promised to take care of it. You know, people losing their minds over the economy and the stock market. Some are wanting to open things up and get things started moving again. And, and listen, I get that. You know, re, re, they want retirement accounts to to grow again. Yet in many instances, it shows that we value money over people. Now, can we stay down? Can we stay shut down indefinitely? Absolutely not. But what happens if we rush back to normalcy? Are we running a higher risk of second, setting off a second round of infections that are going to cost even more people their lives? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to, to be one or, or pretend that I have all of the answers to what's ailing our nation. Maybe this time it would be somebody in our family, though. Somebody we know. Maybe it'd even be us. You know, sports and entertainment have become their own gods where families regularly attend. What we're seeing is that more and more, not only is church attendance declining, but the sense of importance of attending church is declining. Now again, all of these things have their place. With the right perspective, 
education and money and sports and entertainment. They're, they're good things. But so often, we use things like binge-watching Netflix, Hulu, or Disney Plus as escapes from reality instead of praying for God to intervene, to give us the right perspective, or to help us to trust Him. We use those things to dull our pain instead of allowing God to remove our pain. You know, if you want to know who or what your God is, I'll give you a simple question that I believe is really going to reveal it. When I get stressed out or worried about something, I like to blank. Fill in that blank. What's the first thing you run to when stress gets to you? The reality is we're either running to God or we're running away from God. You know, Jesus said they are to seek first. It means to give our primary attention, our greatest amount of energy and focus. So let me ask you, are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Or is God trying to say something to you today? See, part of this pandemic is revealing that all the education, all the money in the world can't prevent the great equalizer from happening, and that's death. See, for all the advancements we have in medicine, all medicine and doctors have been able to do is to keep people alive for a little bit longer. But inevitably, we are all going to pass away. And what is awaiting us from that moment is in eternity. So it is far longer than the life that we have lived on this earth. And so it's right to think about our life and wisdom and how to do things right. But we can only be prepared to live when we are first prepared to die. When we know what's going to happen the moment after we breathe our last. And this is the good news of Jesus Christ. That he came from heaven living a sinless life. That he died on the cross as our substitute in our place to satisfy the wrath of God against our sin. He rose on the third day, proving he is the Son of God, he is the King of kings, taking away the sting of death and in his grace offering us redemption, a confident expectation that when I die, my eternity will be in his presence. And when we know that our eternity is secured by his grace, that radically lowers our stress for today. So do you know where you're going to spend eternity? If not, I want to encourage you, please reach out 
at Pastor Justin at westlakebaptist.org, or you can find us on Facebook. Send us a message. I'd love to be able to tell you how to surrender to the grace of Jesus Christ, to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your eternity is secured by the grace of God. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time of study. Lord, I pray that everyone who is listening to this message, they are prepared to meet you. But Father, if, if you're trying to reveal to them that they are living for a false dead idol, something that they are trusting in other than you, Lord, I pray that you would make it abundantly clear to them, not as a way of condemning them, but in a way that only you can do to show your love and grace to them, that today they would cry out to you, not trusting in some secret formula or or words to recite, but just acknowledging their rebellion against you. And Lord, professing their trust that Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead is the only way they can be saved. So Lord, I pray for them. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to listen to this. Lord, may we get our eyes off of this world and fix them on you. Lord, may we see what is right in front of us, and may we live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.